thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch, and we're back here again with my good brother and God's servant, Ty Rhymes. Uh, and today we're going to be discussing anxiety or or worry um, because that that seems to be somewhat um, prevalent in 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 modern times. It seems like we're we we live very busy uh, lives, and it's hard to just catch up with everything that that that's going on. Um, so first of all, we need to we need to look at the the reality of anxiousness, anxiety, uh, worry. You know, I think, Houston, when we talk about anxiety, what's really important is sometimes for us to define our, our terms. And, you know, in sermons, we do this a lot. Webster says that, you know, so-and-so is this. Well, anxiety, I don't think there's really one good way we can put it. But I would say it's like this. It's a stress or a feeling of worry about uncertainties, things that are absolutely out of my control. And I would also liken it to this. In James uh, chapter 4, excuse me, James chapter 1, James mentions that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that, I think, encompasses the idea of anxiety in that anxious or being anxious is this state of being divided or distracted or pulled between two things. And all of it is centered around uncertainty things I can't control. And the reality of it is what areas of anxiety that you struggle with, because I think there's a lot of different ones, whether Mm -hmm. it's just worrying about things or depression or several areas or facets of anxiety. Every person in some way or another is divided or distracted about things. It may not be spiritual things. It may be just dealing with the everyday schedule of keeping up with your kids and your wife and your job. And everyone, I think, in some way, shape, or form can relate to feelings of being anxious or divided or distracted about certain things. And so the reality of it is every person, there is not a person under the sun that can honestly say, I've never been divided or distracted about something or someone or any situation. And so I think that this topic is relevant and practical because so many people deal with it every day. Yes. Well, that's the reason why uh, Peter inspired wrote cast your care on, on him or he cares for you. Right. I mean, it, that that's practical for every individual. And, and like you said, every individual is uh, divided uh, preachers. Certainly. I know that this, for myself, that when I'm when I'm preaching, there's there's that sense of of anxiousness before I get up to preach. I, you know, your heart's pounding and et cetera, and then you you harness that and use that. But then after the sermon's over with and we're taking the Lord's Supper, I'm thinking about everything that I just got through saying. You know, yep. what 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 did I, did I mess up here? And I know everything that I messed up, right? But I'm still lingering on that. I'm I'm divided. I'm distracted. Yeah, and for sure. And and, and like I said, it manifests its ugly head. Anxiety does in a lot of ways that. It, it even will create problems where problems don't exist. You know, it, it, it formulates in us this just deep desire to be so concerned about the things I can't control. And that's what we're going to talk about with this anxiety and combating that and cures and things like that. 
Uh, and so when we talk about the reality, I guess, you know, when we think about what it is or what causes it, I guess you could say, because I think that would be really important for us to say. I, I think, and this is just my opinion, and this is not an exhaustive or absolute list of things that cause anxiety, but in my opinion, these are three things that I think are very prevalent when we talk about what causes us to be divided or distracted about things. Number one, I think it has to do with insecurities. Um, and when I say insecurities, I mean the thought or the idea that something bad is going to happen. Okay. And so whatever it is, you know, like if we're talking about a sermon, oh, what if someone misunderstood what I said? What if I said the wrong thing and they take that the wrong way? What, you know, or if it's, what if I said the wrong thing to my spouse and she's mad when I get home? Or what if I said the wrong thing to my kids and they hate me? Or you know, whatever it is, it's insecurities, this thought about something bad that's going to happen. Number two, I would say it's this feeling of helplessness. I'm all alone. You know, like I, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. And I would say the third one kind of goes hand in hand with that isolation. Like we actually really do feel like no one cares about us. And so those three things combined contribute to our being so distracted and divided over things that we yeah. absolutely can't You, you mentioned insecurities. I wanna, so when I, I remember when I was in, in school, teenager or whatever, you know, and teenagers like, like the peak time for anxiety and, right. and, and such. And growing up, I didn't have the best clothes. I didn't really care that that I wasn't able to have the best clothes, but at the same time, you also do care about it when when you're when you're sitting in class or or whatever it may be. And while the the teacher is is teaching and telling you things that you need to know for the test, I'm thinking, is anybody looking at me? What, right. what? And 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 so the insecurity certainly do uh, distract us. Absolutely. And, you know, and the thing about that, too, is uh, what I do know this is this, that wherever there's a problem on earth, earthly problems always have heavenly solutions, everyone. And, and in this case, I, I'll provide this. We don't have to look at it just because there's so much more we want to cover. But for those of you who are feeling insecure, uh, you might write down Proverbs 3, 21 through 26, because where we feel sometimes insecure, as a Christian, you're very secure with God. Um, number two, if you're feeling helpless, feeling like you just can't do it, that's okay because what you can't do, God can. In Romans 8 and verse 31, Paul says, if God's for us, who can be against us, right? Uh, the third one was isolation. You feel like you're alone, uh, you're not. Hebrews 13, 5 talks all about that. I will never leave you or forsake you. I like Psalm 46 and verse number one. God is a very present help in times of trouble. And so when we consider those three things, and like I said, that's not exhaustive. That's just my opinion as far as why people might be anxious, insecurities, feeling helpless or isolated. It lends itself to the discussion of people in the Bible who faced insecurities or being helpless or being isolated. Primarily, I think of David, mm -hmm. you know, um, the Psalms are a really good place for us to see the glimpses into David's life. And not only David, others who contributed to these Psalms where they were faced with seemingly impossible situations, I would say, um, like David running for his life from people who previously cared about him. I mean, his own son or Saul, someone who deeply cared about him at one point. It's just, you see these situations in which David had some control at one point, but it got to a place where he didn't. And so now he's feeling like, what could I have done differently? Or no one cares about me. I'm by myself. And so all of these things that we've mentioned, I think you see on the pages of the scripture. 
And so I guess what I, I would like to do, and, and we can do however we want to do, I guess, but um, maybe look at some biblical examples and in that tie in some practical lessons as far as how we can handle this. And so when we think about anxiety, uh, this is what I want us to do first. Before we do anything, let's go to First Peter. Uh, Houston, you mentioned that just a moment ago. First Peter chapter 5, about verse number 7, casting our cares on the Lord. Um, what's interesting to me about this, and I, I never really had considered it this way until we started discussing the idea of anxiety and that we were going to talk about that. And you notice in verse number 6 that Paul, I mean, excuse me, Peter says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And there's a, a comma there, not a period. You know, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, I have never, ever considered the fact that verse 7 is no, in, in the Greek, there is no separation between that phrase and the command that Peter makes in verse 7. So he says, it's as if he's saying, if you want an example of how you can humble yourself before the Lord, because that's who he's going to exalt, the humble. If you want an example of how you can do that, it's by casting your cares on the Lord. And so for me to not give the cares and anxieties of my heart to the Lord is prideful. It's prideful of me to not give what's on my heart to the Lord. And so however great or small my insecurities are, my feelings of helplessness are, my feelings of isolation are, give them to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of non-Christians do struggle with this, but hopefully hopefully a lot of Christians when they are backed into a corner that and they are helpless, they they don't they don't they don't have any way to turn, there's nothing really that they can do. Most of the time, hopefully, uh Christians do go to God. Um that that just seems like, well, when I have nowhere else to to go, well, I'm going to eventually turn to him, but Hopefully we don't we don't get into that corner before we cast our concerns and cares before him. Absolutely. And you know that word cast is like the idea of throwing them at God. Like just I mean hurling them as hard as you can. It, with it, it, to me it's like if I'm going to throw something, you know, if I'm angry and I'm going to throw I'm going to just throw it as hard as I can. And and behind whatever the object I'm throwing is forces of anger and emotion, right? Okay, the idea is the same here. Whatever it is that's on your heart, that's laden, ladening your heart, burdening you, throw it at God with emotion, with fierce emotion. God can handle it. He wants to handle it, and that's the whole idea. And so with that in mind, thinking about my obligation to give what's on my heart and mind to God, how can I do that, right? Who are some people that struggle with anxieties? What did they do? What can I do when those feelings of anxieties creep into my heart? First, I might say this. Um, when we think about uh, anxieties, we need to know that in the Bible, it might be listed differently. Like you might not always see the word anxiety. You may see the word cares, or you may see the word burdens, or you may see even in some cases in the Psalms, you see the word thoughts. And so it's interesting to see the breakdown of those words and how sometimes we can use them uh, synonymously for one another and they encapsulate a, a totally different idea or thought. And so as we read through some of these passages, I want you to note those different words and see how we can sort of tie the idea together that sometimes anxieties are physical anxieties, they're emotional, spiritual, and, and so forth. And so we see how then we can be distracted in more ways than just our thoughts. We can be distracted or divided in our actions, in our words even. And so uh, I think that it's important for us to see what these individuals did to remedy uh, 
division of thoughts, actions, and words. Uh, right. Let's look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is probably a really famous one, I think. Um, verse 23 beginning. Psalm 139 and verse 23 is probably one of the more famous ones uh, when it comes to anxieties or cares or um, burdens that most would reference. And that's because David says in verse 23, Search me, O God, and try my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Some translations say anxieties mm-hmm. or cares. Um, the ESV says thoughts. Um, you, you know, King, King James Version says thoughts, but the, I, I can't remember. the. This was one of the first verses I memorized as a, as a Christian, and I can't remember which translation, but it, it, I think it was the New King yeah, James. Yeah, I think it New King James does say anxieties. Yes. I, I think yeah. you're right. And so um, you, you see the, the variation in the words, but either way. And, and then in verse 24, David kind of uses this parallelism, and, and he says, and see if there be any grievous ways in me. Mm-hmm. When, when I hear the word grievous, I'm talking about things that— it, it entails emotion, a great deal of emotion. It's these thoughts. When I'm grieving about something, I'm remembering a painful experience, and I'm trying to cope with that. And so David is obviously working through something here that has divided his mind. And the first thing that David does to remedy this, devo- this, um, this anxiety is to look in. So my advice to those who are dealing with anxieties, whether it's insecurities, whether it's helplessness or isolation, my advice would be, this is threefold, but number one, look in. David begins with himself and says, search me. Let's look at what I am doing. Is there anything that I have done or said that could help me to get out of this rut or anything I could be doing, uh, whether it's getting help, whether it's establishing a more sure and consistent connection with God or having an accountability partner, whatever it is, is there something that I can be doing for myself that will help me get out of this? And almost definitely there is something that I could hone in on to say, I can absolutely be doing better. And so when David invites God into his heart, it's obvious to me that David has spent time thinking about it and has now identified something in his heart that he needs to be doing something about. And so he says, God, help me do this. Mm-hmm. Let's find it together. Anything you might add on that verse? I know you. Well, I was just going to say, and you mentioned this as well in the margin of my Bible, where it says, if there be any wicked way in me, it, it, it says a way of pain or of, of grief, like you mentioned. And those things, which causes us anxiety that nobody likes that feeling. That's the reason why we're trying to figure out how to get past it and, and, and hopefully helping others to get past it because it is, it is, while it's not a, a physical pain as if somebody was to pinch you or punch you or when you get cut, it certainly is something that, that, it, that is painful. And David, he's calling upon God to get him through that time of pain and grief. Right. And, you know, in several times in the New Testament, it's not just David, but there is advice or counsel from men like Paul or Peter for whoever the individual is that's on the receiving end of persecution or even punishment from sin or in a difficult situation, almost always their advice is, take a look at yourself. Look at what's going on here. What can you control? There are some things that you absolutely can. I tell my basketball team this all the time at Mars Hill. There are some things that are out of your control, but what you can control are these attitudes and actions that you possess, the way you handle yourself, 
what you do to get better, you can absolutely control those things. And dealing with anxiety is absolutely no different. What can I do? I can look at myself. I can look in and say, how can I identify these attitudes, actions, problems, whatever it is, and make myself better as a result of that? And that may simply be giving it to God. First Peter 5 and verse 7. The only thing I may be able to do is give it to God. And if that's the only thing I can do, Houston, I think that's a pretty good thing to do. You know, I mean, that's yes. as yeah. good as it can get. Uh, the second thing is in Psalm 94, let's transition maybe the, the second part of uh, a remedy to anxiety. First, yeah. we have to look in. We have to look in at ourselves, identify the problem or the issue, um, isolate it, and obliterate it is like what I like to say. Identify, isolate, obliterate. That's a good way to, to think about it. But then number two, I would say we need to look up, all right? When we're dealing with anxieties, look up. And here's what I mean. In Psalm 94, in verse number 19, it says, when the cares, here's another word in the ESV that is the same idea in the Hebrew, different English word, anxieties, cares, burdens, thoughts, whatever. Verse 19, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. In Isaiah 26 and verse 3, I wrote down the New King James Version because I like the way it read. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. And so what strikes me, uh, the similarities between those two passages is the person who is secure in their thoughts and in the peace of God is the person who has a constant connection with their father. And so maybe it might be that insecurities have crept in because I've started to rely on myself and not God. Maybe I'm feeling helpless because I've been trying to do everything on my own and I'm not giving it to God. Maybe I feel isolated because not God that moved. Maybe it's me. Maybe I have removed myself. I've cut off the supply lines, if you will. Some, something between me and God is not right. And so if I'm going to overcome anxiety, distractions, divisions in my thoughts, my actions, my words, I've got to look up. Establish a surefire connection with God. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the exact verse, but where we are admonished to set our affections on things above. The word affections comes from the that you're well, in some places in the King James it's translated as as bowels of affection or bowels of compassion because it when you when you have these the these uh, these deep feelings of compassion towards an individual or towards somebody else, you feel it in your gut. You feel it in your stomach. And that's also the same place where we feel anxiety right we feel it in 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 that in that in that region and so when we set our affections on things above then perhaps we will not feel that same that 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 feeling of anxiety that crippling feeling of anxiety you know i believe we could probably go through from genesis to revelation and identify every time where anxiety or cares or burdens are mentioned and and almost every time i would be willing to just go through with you and look at everyone. And I would be willing to say that almost everyone, if not everyone, an anxious heart is cured by divine counsel. Mm-hmm. If, if I have an established, consistent, frequent relationship with God and his word, anxiety doesn't stand a chance. Insecurities don't stand a chance. Hopelessness doesn't stand a chance. And isolation don't stand a chance because I've got God on my side. 
Yes. Well, if, if certainly if we're looking to God's word, then physical insecurities aren't going to matter. And if I have any insecurities about how I'm living, if I'm looking at this at this mirror, which is God's word, hopefully I'm making the proper changes just like I would if I was looking at a physical mirror. Absolutely. And fixing my insecurities. Absolutely. Uh, a third thing I thought about, too, is uh, not only look in, not just look up, but look around. Now, when I say look around, I'm talking about a couple of different things. Number one, it could be that I have to look around and just think about what I do have, tangible evidences of God's presence, okay? Maybe we're talking about our blessings. Count your blessings. We sometimes sing, right? I'm sure everyone who has ever even remotely come near a church has heard the hymn, count your blessings, your many blessings. And ideally, what we're trying to understand when we sing this song or help others understand is God has blessed us with these tangible things that we can see and hold and feel every day that remind us God is ever present in my life. I wouldn't have these things without God. And part of anxiety is worrying about things that we don't have or things that we can't get or we don't even know if they're coming. And I would say a counterpart to that or a remedy to that is let's focus on what we do have. Consider what God has done. And all of those times in the past where I worried about what was coming in the future, God has gotten me through it just fine. Mm -hmm. So if I look around and see everything that I've got or everything God's blessed me with, it's a good way to be reminded, hey, uh, God has brought me this far, and God is going to continue to to bring me on. Yeah, when you said when you said look around, I thought you were going to take it from the from the angle of look around at others, and and the reason I say that is because where I preach, there's a particular lady who her her family, her and her husband, they've had a a rough 2020 or had a rough 2020. Hopefully their, 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 um, times are getting to be a little bit better. And I, and I'm not just talking about a rough 2020, like everybody else. I mean, they, they had a, a house fire, they had a, a car accident and, and a few other things that their, her grandparents ended up at the, at the end of the year coming down with the virus. Um, and, uh, a, a few other things which I don't feel comfortable mentioning, mentioning which happened to to them, and 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 just knowing all those things, she she had a rough twenty twenty, and it and it also she's had a a rough past, some things that that had happened to her, and so she though she just wanted to help other people. She 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 came to me and she was like, I just I want to I want to know if anybody is is going through any anything any hard time any depression if they're feeling this anxiety etc. She was wanting because she had been there. She was wanting to help help somebody else. And one thing that you might could do if you if you are struggling with with depression, anxiety, worry, or something, find somebody that that you can help and that they perhaps can also help you as well. That, I believe that certainly would be a, a great comfort and help to you. And in a way, that kind of leads right into what my second thought was. And uh, I guess what I'm thinking is in Luke 12 and verse 29, Luke 12 and verse 29, of course, this is not the only place it's mentioned, but I just thought about this one. In Luke 12 and 29, Jesus says, and don't seek what you should eat or drink, nor be worried. That's our same word. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows what you need. But instead, the divine remedy for these thoughts and distractions is seek his kingdom, and the things that you're so worried about seeking will be added to you. The things that you need will be added to you. And so when I'm thinking about looking around, what you mentioned falls into this category. 
instead of me being focused on what I think I need, let's let's consider what Jesus needs. What does the church need? What do others need? And find opportunities for me to insert myself into the work of the kingdom because these temporal things, God says, number one, I'll take care of them. And number two, they're just temporal and they're going to pass away anyway. What really matters is eternal things. And so find opportunities to be plugged in into your local church, into your youth group, into your you know, singles group or to your seniors group, whatever area in which you fall, and you will begin to see, I think, that when you are focused on things that are eternal, uh, opportunities in the church, like you mentioned, opportunities to help other people who are in similar situations with you, you would be really surprised to find out. And I would love to sit down and talk with the lady to see just how encouraged and helped she's been by helping other people. It's like when we go on mission trips. You know, we we have lists of things that we expect to do for other people. And then when we come home, they've actually done all those things for us. You know, and so I think that that really is a good way to combat our divisions and distractions in our minds and thoughts is the more I immerse myself into the community of God, into the family of God and opportunities of God, the more I find myself not necessarily being focused on the things I thought were actually wrong. You know, I see how God has a way of working things out for eternal good. It seems like I read that somewhere in Romans 8, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I think that um, the real thing about anxiety is is just being real. It's being honest. Um, it's being upfront about what I feel and how I feel. I think that's a lost art in the church is transparency. I think that's huge in overcoming anxiety. I've got to be able to tell others how I feel, and I've got to be able to tell God how yeah. I feel. Yeah. Um, and I think that's huge. Well, we do appreciate you if you've stayed tuned in till the to the close of this podcast. We appreciate it. Um <clears throat> Brother Ty, I do appreciate you coming on and 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 recording these episodes with me and if if you have made it to the end, please be sure to rate and review us and and go if if you've been encouraged, if you think that this is going to be helpful to somebody else, please uh recommend it. Um Brother Ty, he's an excellent gospel preacher. Um, so also if you're listening to us on Facebook, be sure to like and share and, and go check out the scattered abroad network page. Uh, we thank you and have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the scattered abroad network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the scattered abroad network at gmail.com. That's the scattered abroad network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.